Amen. Thank you, Brother Frank. Learning to listen. I think upon hearing the title this morning, perhaps every lady in here began to pray that the Lord would give their husbands and children special attention today uh, to the message at hand. Um, but ladies, that's not quite what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, today, what we're going to be talking about is a transcendent truth that uh, if we can get a hold of it, will prepare us, will propel us, will prosper us, no matter where we are, no matter who we are. This, this is something for all people of all time. We're going to look here at the, the boy Samuel. Samuel, as we understand his life, Samuel was a man who was mightily used of God. He had an incredible life and ministry. The Lord gave him many blessings and gave him grace to endure many hardships and burdens. But as you study the life of Samuel, this is what you find. That everything good in Samuel's life, every, every blessing, the wisdom and grace God gave to navigate the burdens came because in 1 Samuel chapter number 3, Samuel learned to listen to God's voice. Now Samuel had a good mama. If you go back in 1 Samuel 1 and 2, you'll find Samuel had a great mama who, who, who wanted to, to, to see him uh, come to know the Lord and serve the Lord. She sacrificed much for Samuel. But even though Samuel had a good mama, Samuel's mama couldn't do this for him. You know, Samuel literally grew up in church. It's a good thing to go to church, amen? I'm glad you're here this morning. Those of you, by way of Facebook and radio, I'm glad you're with us. But just being in church or going up in church, that's not going to do this for you. You see, Samuel had to learn to hear and follow God for himself. And so this morning, I want to look at 1 Samuel 3, hear these first 10 or 11 verses, and challenge us to learn to listen for, to learn to listen to God's word and God's call for us. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says this, and Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious, meaning rare in those days. And there was no open vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place that his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. Ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledst me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. So this morning as we consider this idea of learning to listen to God, I want us to consider Roman numeral one this morning, our attitude towards God's call. Our attitude towards God's call. I want to start out by pointing out the contrast uh, that the Bible gives here between Samuel and the circumstances around him. As you look at the place that Samuel found himself in this day and time, the culture around Samuel was a very carnal culture. Uh, the book of Samuel comes on the, the heels of the, or on the tail end of the book of Judges. And this was the, uh, the, the, the God's declaration over the time of the Judges. Judges 21 and verse number 25, the Bible says, In those days there was no king in Israel, 
And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. By the way, when we do that, when we do what's right in our own eyes, how does that typically go for society? Let me give you just this thing to think through. What if you decide, when you drove home today, all of the speed limit signs were changed to drive as you see fit? How would that go? Not well. Not well. We would, uh, we would certainly let some people go first, amen? Just, just go. But that was the culture around Samuel. Everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. It was an incredibly wicked and carnal culture. But you know, not only was the culture carnal, but if we could call it the church, the worship of that day was also carnal, cold, and confused. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, I want you to see what uh, Eli's sons, who were priests, were doing. 1 Samuel 2 and verse number 22. Now Eli was very old, and he had heard all that his sons did unto Israel, how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And so the priests were having sexual relations with women who came to the temple to worship. That was the church of that day and age. The culture was carnal. The church was carnal and cold and confused. That which was supposed to be consecrated or holy to God was treated as common. You go down to verse number 29 of chapter number 2. The Lord gives this estimate. He says, For ye kick at my, off, my sacrifice and mine offerings, which I have commanded in my habitation. And look what he says. And honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. And so God looked at Eli and he said, Look, he said, you, you and your family have treated that which belonged to me, which was consecrated, which was holy, and you used it to make yourself fat and rich. These were the circumstances that surrounded the boy Samuel. The culture was carnal. The church was carnal. It was cold. It was confused. That which was supposed to be holy was treated as, as common or, or, or something to be used for personal gain. The days were dark. By the way, it's easy to let that become an excuse. Well, you know, I just, I don't serve God or I don't hear from God or I don't, I don't really feel because it's just so dark in the world. Are dark days difficult? Yes. Can the darkness be oppressive? Absolutely. But Christian, that is not an excuse. Because no matter how bad it got, they were not without light. The word of God in those days was precious. It was rare, but it was still there. Amen? And it came to pass, we see the, the, uh, the, the, his eyes were dim. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And so though the days were dark, they were not without light. And this morning, if I want you to get one thing from this message, let it be this. God has spoken. Church, God has spoken. And God wants to speak to you through the word that he has spoken to us. And the circumstances around us, church, don't dictate our access to the light. There is light for those who want it. 
Jesus said this in John chapter 8 and verse number 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What does the Bible say in Psalm 119, 105? Many of you know it. Say it with me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, we spend a lot of time talking about how dark it is around us. But the problem, church, is not our access to God's word, but our attitude towards it. You see, here's what's happened in so many churches and in so many Christian lives. So often the word of God and the call of God to our heart is treated like any other resource. You know, when I need to know something, what do I do? What do I do? What do we do in our day and age when I need to do something? I Google it. Yeah. Or I say, hey, don't say it out loud. They'll start listening, all right? See, when I want to know something, what do I do? I just Google it. I just, I, 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 I have access to the information when I need it. And, and it, that's, that's a wonderful resource. But you know, when we treat everything like a resource, you know what happens? When we treat God's word and the call of God on our heart like it's a resource, like it's, like it's Google, like it's Siri, like it's whatever, we get what we want and then we move on. When that happens, you know what we end up with? We end up with a generation whose heads are full of knowledge, but whose hearts are empty. God and his word ought not be viewed as a basic resource for us but as a beautiful relationship with us. By the way, we treat relationships differently than we treat resources. You ever thought of that? Try treating your spouse like Siri. Don't, okay? Don't. Don't. That would not be good. Hey, Amy! No, I'm not going to try it. We treat relationships differently than we treat resources. Let me ask you, how are we treating God's word to us? No, how how are we treating God's word to us? The voice of God to us is not a resource to be used. The voice of God to us, the word of God to us is a relationship to be cherished. You use resources, but you treasure and you grow relationships. And I'm going to tell you, one of our greatest struggles here in America is not our access to God's word and to God's call. It is our attitude towards it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, Jesus said this, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I'm going to tell you, learning to listen means learning to value and to treasure the word of God to us. Samuel lived in a culture that didn't value God's word. Samuel lived in a church that didn't value God's word. But the circumstances around him did not dictate his access to it. 
And our greatest issue, church, I believe, is not our access to the voice of God, but our attitude towards it. We see, first of all, our attitude towards God's call. I want you to see how this continues. So Samuel heard somebody call his name. And so he, he did the obvious thing. He ran to Eli. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. Verse number 6. And the Lord called yet again. Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. Here am I. By the way, you ever had a kid get up like multiple times? Remember, Samuel's like trying to sleep. Or Eli's trying to sleep here. I hear those little feet coming down the stairs. Oh, this is time number two. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. Lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called unto Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Church, if we're going to learn to listen, not only do we have to address our attitude towards God's word, our attitude towards God's call, but I think secondly, this morning we have to consider the attributes of God's call. We have to consider the attributes of God's call. What is the call of God like? What is the word of God like? What is the voice of God like? Church, if you get one thing from this message this morning, let it be this, that God has spoken unto us. God has spoken unto us. And that God wants to speak to you. You say, preacher, why do you emphasize the idea that God has spoken? Because he has Because he has. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 2, the Bible says this, that hath in these last days spoken to us by his church, by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. In other words, God has spoken to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You know how else God has spoken to us? God has spoken to us through his word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration means it was literally breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Hey, God has spoken. He has given us his complete, inspired, inerrant, infallible, perfecting, penetrating, and sufficient word. God has spoken. I'm going to tell you, that ought to do something within us. You ever waited? You ever had to wait for some sort of correspondence? Maybe, maybe, maybe you were early in a dating relationship and you were waiting for that text message or that phone call or that letter or that telegraph. I think we've covered everybody. <laughs> Do you remember what it was like? Sitting there at the office waiting for the Morse code to come in. (laughs) Waiting to hear the ding on the iPhone. I mean, waiting for a message. I'm going to tell you, that can be hard to do. 
You and I don't have to wait. God has spoken. God has spoken. I'm going to emphasize that this morning because here's this. We talk about God's leading and God's call and all of these things. Uh, God's call and God's leading on your life will never contradict the word He has spoken to us. I point that out because there's a lot of fakes out there claiming to speak on behalf of the Lord. I'll show you a passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 13. Paul, Paul points out that there are false apostles, deceitful workers. And what do they do? They seek to transform themselves or give the appearance that they are actually the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He said, it is therefore no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. In other words, just because they call themselves reverend doesn't mean they're reverend. Just because they call themselves pastor so-and-so doesn't mean they're a true pastor under shepherd of the Lord Jesus. Just because they call themselves doctor so-and-so and they went to such and such Bible institute or seminary does not mean that they truly are aligning with thus saith the Lord. God has spoken. God has spoken. And by the way, church, You know, we live in a day and age where sometimes it's hard to tell what's real. You ever seen any of those AI-generated images? They can take things that never existed and make it look like it existed. Some crazy stuff. We, We really live in a day and age where you really can't believe what you see anymore. There have already been reports of AI generated images being used in campaign videos. And we're not even into the thick of it yet. Good times, right? How do I know them, preacher? They're really good at making themselves look like they're something they're not. Church, you have the standard to tell what's true from what is trash. What is that standard? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15, the Bible says this, Study to show thyself approved Unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, this is your standard. This is your rule. And we have to understand this book. We've got to know this book. And if it doesn't line up with this book, I don't care how charismatic, how persuasive, how good they sound, how how handsome or pretty they look. If it doesn't line up with this book, it's not truth. It's trash. God has spoken unto us. And God wants to speak to you. So what are some attributes of the call of God? Well, as I look at God, as he calls Samuel this morning, I want us to note first that God's call is personal. Did you notice how God called the boy? Every time the Lord called, he called him by name. Samuel. Isn't it good to know that the king of the universe knows your name? Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse number 3. John chapter 10 and verse number 3. They'll get it up on the screen for us in just a moment. I'll turn there. John chapter 10 and verse number 3. Jesus said to him, the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth 
his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. You know what? Odds are there's a lot of people on this earth that don't know your name. Sometimes I forget people's names. You know what I've learned? At least I thought I learned. I've learned not to try to guess people's names. Like, I think I know what their names are, and I'm like, hey, it's such and such, right? And they're like, no. Man. Man. I may or may not have done that last week. I might forget your name. But God doesn't. The king of the universe knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows the need of your heart. And I want you to know this morning, God's call is personal. And so you know what? Learning to listen is learning to listen for what God wants to speak to me. Not listening for others. You know what I found? I found my kids have very good hearing when I'm calling one of their siblings. When I say, hey, Madeline, it's amazing. Christopher and Emma, they hear me right away. When I say, hey, Christopher, the girls, right away, Christopher, dad's calling you. (laughs) It's a whole lot easier to listen for others, isn't it? I'm even now, probably some of us are like, man, I hope my husband's listening this morning. I hope my teenager's listening this morning. You know what? Learning to listen. The call of God is personal. God's not, God is not, God is, God's going to speak to you. Listen for you. We spend so much time trying to tell other people, I got a word for the Lord for you. Why don't we just pay more attention to the word of the Lord for us? Amen. God wants to speak to you. God's call is personal. Boy, I love this. God's call is patient and persistent. You notice how many times God called Samuel? Samuel didn't get it right the first time, did he? Samuel didn't get it right the second time, did he? Samuel didn't get it right the third time, did he? Samuel thought he was Eli. He missed it. Now, I think that's interesting to me because in my mind, I I, I think that the call of God is, is, is something that's very, very obvious. Samuel. Like he's got that rich baritone voice. Samuel. Well, obviously, that's not Eli. I need to pay attention. But however it was, Samuel missed it. But the call of God was patient and persistent. And that's encouraging to me because you know what? There have been times in my life when I have struggled to follow God's word. There have been times in my life when I have slipped and stumbled and sinned and fallen and I haven't always gotten it right and maybe you haven't always gotten it right either but the reality is if you're still here, there's still hope. Because the call of God for us is patient and persistent and God doesn't give up. I love this. God doesn't get harsh. He patiently, persistently continues to call and speak to the heart of Samuel. And by the way, all throughout Scripture, do you know what God does? We find God continue to call patiently, persistently. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Before the Scriptures closed out in Revelation 22, we see again in the Spirit and the Bride say, Come and let him that heareth say, Come and let him that is athirst, come. 
Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. The call of God, it is personal. The call of God is patient and persistent. And I want you to note this as well. The call of God is also purposeful. That God called Samuel because God had a plan for Samuel. God calls us. His word speaks to us. His spirit speaks to our hearts. Why? Because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Whether you're young, old, or somewhere in between. Whether you're in the prime of life or you don't feel like you have much strength. If you're not dead, God's not done. God has a plan for you. God wants to speak to you. Maybe it's something God wants for you to know. Maybe it's some place that God wants for you to grow in your life. Maybe it's something, somewhere that God wants for you to go. But God wants to speak to you. God has a plan for you. I love that God doesn't play with our lives. You know, not only did God, not only was God patient and purposeful, but God also didn't play with Samuel. God doesn't play hide and seek with us. Samuel. Samuel. I'm going to hide behind the showbread. Samuel. I'm going to hide right here. Don't tell. Okay. You know, sometimes we feel like God is far away. You know, sometimes we feel like God is nowhere to be found. Sometimes it almost feels like God's playing hide and seek, but the reality is God doesn't play with our lives. God's call is personal. God's call is patient and persistent. God's call is purposeful. You know, God wants you to know his plan more than you want to know his plan. And God loves and desires. He desires to save us. He desires to lead us into the joy and peace that's found only in his purpose. We see here the attributes of God's call. It is purposeful. So we see here, if we're going to learn to listen, we're going to have to first recognize and, and deal with our attitude towards God's call. Secondly, we're going to have to see the attributes of God's call. But finally, this morning, I want you to, want you to note this, and you've listened so well. Verses 9 through 11. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he shall call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called Samuel as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. We see, first of all, church, help me this morning, learning to listen involves what? It involves our attitude towards God's call. It involves, secondly, we have to see the attributes of God's call. Finally, this morning, we have to have to see the availability to God's call. 
It involves our availability to God's call. We've already covered this. My issue is not access. God has spoken. He's spoken through Jesus. I have access through the blood of Jesus. I have the indwelling spirit of God. If I'm saved, if I'm a Christian, I have the spirit that lives within. I have the the living word in my hand. My, My issue is not access. Or I guess I should say the issue is not my access to God. Perhaps the issue this morning is God's access to me. If there's one thing I want you to take from this message this morning, let it be this. God has spoken. And God desires to speak to me. The question is not, is he speaking? The question is not, is he calling? The question is, am I answering? You ever wonder if people see your name on caller ID and send you straight to voicemail? (laughs) My availability to God's call. Let me give you a couple of thoughts. It requires me be in the right position. I love this. Eli sent Samuel back to the place where he first heard God's voice. Eli said, go, lie down. He sent him back to the place where he had heard God's voice. Let me ask this question, and this might, this might be diverting from preaching to meddling this morning, but I'm going to ask it anyways. On the count of three, I want you to say him or her, who's less likely to answer their phone. Ready? One, two, three. Her. Love you. Did you say her too? You didn't answer? All right. Miss Amy didn't participate. We're going to do it one more time. Ready? I'm just kidding. How frustrating is it? When you're calling, 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 and the person you're trying to get a hold of is not in position to answer the phone. Maybe they, maybe they left it on the charger in the bedroom. Maybe it got, maybe it got uh, used up and, and it powered down. But for whatever the reason, they're not in position. Maybe they're just too busy at the moment. But for whatever the reason, they're too busy. They're not in position to answer the call. How frustrating can that be? Spiritually speaking, church, God is calling. That's not the question. The question is, am I in position to hear it? You know where I'm not going to hear it? In the world. I'm not going to hear it in the bar. I'm not going to hear it with the world's music blaring in my ears. I'm not going to hear it hanging out with worldly friends. You know where I am going to hear it? I'm going to hear it through the word. I'm going to hopefully hear it in church. I'm going to hear it in God-honoring music. I'm going to hear it when I still my heart and meditate on the things of God. Oh, church, may we never allow our heart and life to become so chaotic that we cannot hear the voice of God. Be in the right position. You know, our responsibility, church, is not to produce the call. 
You know, I think in my earlier days and I think in, in some of the churches I grew up in, a lot of emphasis, a lot of emphasis was placed on finding God's will. You got to go find it. You got to go find it. You got to go find it. But here, if it's God's call and if it's God's leading, here's the thing. If I'm calling my child, it's not my child's responsibility to produce something from me. It's my child's responsibility in, to be in position to hear from me. And so it's not so much that I'm going and trying to produce or pursue. I need to be positioned to receive it. Our availability to God's call requires us be in the right position. It requires us have a readiness. You look at Samuel. Samuel had readily responded each time he heard the voice. By the way, this goes back to our attitude towards God's word. I love what Jesus says in Luke chapter 8 and verse number 18. He says, take heed therefore how ye hear. By the way, when God speaks to us, it shouldn't be an imposition for us. It should be our joy. Am I ready for God to speak? Am I hungry for God to speak? You know, I think a beautiful prayer that we could pray every day would be the prayer that uh, Eli leads Samuel to pray. When he says, pray this, he says, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. What if you started every church service that way? Hey, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. What if when you opened your Bible in the morning or in the evening, before you began to read, you said, hey, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. What if before you took some time to meditate on the things of God or listen to, 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 to God-honoring gospel music, you just said, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. What if, what if we were just ready? What if we were just ready for God to do something? A right position, a readiness, a responsiveness. Readiness ought to lead to responsiveness. By the way, church, this is why the time of invitation is so important. What is our time of invitation? We're going to do it in just a minute. It's a time where we have set aside where literally we are invited to take that time to respond as God has spoken to us. Now, different people do that different ways. Some people come down here and they, they pray at the front. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. And we have people who come and pray with people. And if you need prayer or counsel, we've got people that can help. But not everybody comes down here. Some people kneel right there in their pew. Some people sit in their pew and pray. Some people stand and, and they pray right where they are. But the reality is, hey, no matter how you respond, you ought to respond to God. When God speaks, we ought to respond. That's why the time of invitation is so important. You know, a lot of Christians are waiting for God to say or do something new. But I'm afraid God is waiting for us to respond to what He has already said. Why would God move in a new way when we haven't responded to what he has already told us to do. Church, I tell, us, tell you, God is under no obligation to tell us something new when you won't listen to what he has already said. If we're going to learn to listen, we've got to have the right attitude. We have to understand the attributes and we have to be available. Learning to listen requires a readiness and a responsiveness. And the reality is God has spoken. Amen? And so we have a choice. Last week I heard a knock at the door. 
And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder who that is. It could be an omnifiber salesman. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm not interested. It could be one of them crazy religious people. <laughs> and I say that because we go to people's houses and stuff like that. But anyways. <laughs> could be one of them crazy religious people. And if that's the case, I, it could be interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not, though. Thought to myself, did we accidentally leave one of the kids at the store? <laughs> the policeman's bringing him home. Honestly, I paused for a second. I wasn't really sure I wanted to get my carcass off the couch. But I did. And I'm glad I did. Because the person on the other side was a true blessing. You know, church, the one thing I want you to take away from this is that God has spoken. God has spoken. And God is speaking. And he wants to speak to you. And this morning, you have a choice. It's not God's move to make. Uh, the, the last image that the Lord Jesus gives us with him in the church is found in really Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 20. Jesus said this, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, what church? If any man hear my voice. Open the door. Jesus said, I will come into him and will sup with him. And he with me. Can I ask you this morning? Has God spoken to you? You know, maybe this morning there's a sin in your life that God has dealt with you about for a long time. And you've just, you've just stopped responding. I wonder this morning if... There are burdens that you are carrying. And the Lord Jesus is saying this morning, Hey, cast your care upon me. I wonder this morning if maybe it's just been a long time since the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart. And you just need to pray, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Is God speaking to you this morning? Is he knocking? Do you hear? Church, did you notice it's not enough just to hear? You need to respond. In this time of invitation, you're invited to respond, to open the door as God has spoken to you. As you've studied the life of Samuel, here's what you're going to find. When Samuel made himself available, the Word of God became abundant. God has spoken. God is speaking. Are we learning to listen? Stand together this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we